to Sound Prince Audio Magazine, a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind. Sound Prince is underwritten by the American Printing House for the Blind and the Louisville Downtown Lions Club. I'm Carla Rushevel. I'm your host for this week's magazine. Welcome to Sound Prince for March 26, 2023. Our first announcement is from the Federal Communications Commission. The FCC is seeking public comment on adding more markets to its audio description rules for TV stations, voting unanimously to approve a further notice of proposed rulemaking, FNPRM, on Thursday. The rules, which have been in place since the passage of the 21st Century Communications and Video Accessibility Act of 2010, CVAA, originally applied to stations in the top 60 Nielsen markets. At the time of passage, Congress gave the Commission the authority to add 10 more markets per year, quote, if it determines that the costs for program owners, providers, and distributors in those additional markets are reasonable, end of quote. In 2020, the Commission voted to extend the rules to 40 more markets, with 10 new markets added per year until 2024. In its votes this week, the Commission proposed adding 10 more annually until all 210 DMAs fell under the audio description mandate, with all markets covered by 2035. Targeting the blind and visually impaired audio description for TV involves adding narrative during programming in which dialogue is not occurring, describing scenes, action, and other nonverbal aspects. FCC Chair Jessica Rosenworcel has a long history with the technology. Quote, It was more than a decade ago that Congress made audio description generally available when it passed the 21st Century Communications and Video Accessibility Act, she said. It's a law I know well because I worked on it as counsel to the United States Senate Committee on Commerce, Science, and Transportation. When it was passed, it required that the Commission make audio description available on programming in the largest 60 television markets across the country. A little over two years ago, the Commission expanded this requirement. Today, we propose to finish the job by reaching all 210 markets in the United States. End of quote. Deadline for public comment is not yet known, and the Commission will take a final vote prior to the new changes. From Dots and Dashes, published by the American Council of the Blind on Monday, March 20, comes this announcement. Be My Eyes seeks beta testers. Be My Eyes is launching Virtual Volunteer, a state-of-the-art visual recognition product served by OpenAI's GPT-4 technology. Virtual Volunteer is a digital assistant that can often generate the same level of context and understanding as a human being on many needs. Through this new tool, users in the Be My Eyes app will be able to send images to Virtual Volunteer, which will be able to answer any question about the image and provide visual assistance with a number of tasks. 
Learn more about Virtual Volunteer in the Be My Eyes blog post, including how to sign up for the beta testing waitlist. To learn more, go to www.bemyeyes.org. That's B-E-M-Y-E-I-E-S dot O-R-G. The South Central Kentucky Council of the Blind, KCB's chapter in the Bowling Green area, invites you to its social hour each Wednesday from 2 to 3 p.m. Central Time, 3 to 4 p.m. Eastern, on its Zoom line. Their speaker for Wednesday, March 29, will be from Computers for the Blind, a resource for refurbished Windows 10 computers and beginning JAWS training. The topic for Wednesday, April 5, will be the benefits of essential oils. Join the call by dialing 669-900-6833 and entering the code 763-689-4411. The passcode, should you need it, is 25852. It's not too early to begin thinking about the National Convention. The in-person portion of the 2023 ACB Convention is June 30 to July 7 in Schaumburg, Illinois, a suburb of Chicago. The week will be packed with an amazing lineup of programs, workshops and seminars, exhibits, tours, and other events. Networking, learning, friends, and fun, it's all part of this incredible week designed especially for people with low vision. A national convention is a fabulous experience, and KCB wants to help our members be there. A major cost of attending a convention is staying at the hotel. The hotel for this convention is a Renaissance in Schaumburg. KCB will cover up to seven nights lodging double occupancy at the Renaissance for anyone who is a KCB one-year or lifetime member. Whether you can attend two days or the entire week, we want you to be there. Room rates at the Renaissance are $98 a night, double occupancy, $10 extra per night for up to four people in a room. For more details about how you can go to Schomburg with KCB, call us at 502-895-4598. The next three events are on the KCB Zoom line. The number is 669 669- Nine zero zero six eight three three, and the code is eight six two nine eight eight nine six nine seven two. The Greater Louisville Council of the Blind Roundabout on Friday, March thirty one, is entitled "Musical Memories." It's your chance to share those funny, sad, inspiring, exciting, or unexpected memories from your past that are related to music, favorite shows, favorite songs favorite concerts, favorite musical activities from school or your adult life, any memory that is triggered by a song or snippet of a tune. The virtual event is from 7 to 9 on Friday, March 31, on the KCB Zoom line. The first roundabout in April is on April 7, and it's a hybrid event. From 4 to 9 at United Crescent Hill Ministries, 150 South State Street in Louisville. Dinners at 5, and then the virtual Zoom line joins the party from 7 to 9. 
whether you attend in person or on Zoom. Join in the hopping good fun as we have an Easter party. Be sure to call us at 895-4598 to let us know you'll be there for dinner. The Kentucky Council of Citizens with Low Vision will hold its next business meeting at 8 p.m. on Wednesday, April 5, on the KCB Zoom line. This is not only a business meeting, but as time permits, we will also have some support group activities. Dan Spoon is the new ACB Executive Director, and Deb Cook-Lewis is now the President of ACB. Listen on page 2 as they talk with us about the circumstances leading up to this major change in ACB leadership and how they see the next year unfolding within the organization. Listen to Soundprints each week on ACB Media One, the mainstream channel. Our broadcast times are Sunday at 8 p.m., Monday at 8 a.m., Tuesday at 6 a.m. and 6 p.m., Wednesday at 4 a.m. and 4 p.m., Thursday at 10 p.m., and Friday at 1 a.m., 10 a.m., and 1 p.m. Listen on your Victor Stream or on the KCB website at www.kentucky-acb.org. Listen anytime, 24 hours a day, on the KCB Information Line by calling 773-572-6318. For more information about Soundprints and to request a free subscription on CD, playable on any standard CD player, call the Kentucky Council of the Blind at 502-895-4598. Page 2. With us this week on Soundprints are two guests, Dan Spoon from Orlando, Florida, and Deb Cook-Lewis from Clarkson, Washington. And... If you have been reading the email list this week and keeping up with news within ACB, you know that this week, uh, Dan is, has now, um, taken, assumed a new position. He is now the executive director of ACB and Deb Cook Lewis is now the president of ACB. And we need, we put the words interim in front of those for different reasons. But uh, we're going to talk about some of that. We're going to talk about what has transpired to bring this change about, which is certainly nothing bad or horrible or, um, or, uh, or hideous. It's actually a good thing. And so we'll begin by talking about that. And, uh, and then we're just going to see where this takes us. We're going to um, give Dan and Deb a chance to tell us how these changes in, in position in roles have affected their 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 lives and their perspective in ACB and how they see it uh, moving forward in the next few months. So, uh, Dan, why don't we begin? You up until Wednesday, the twenty second, you were the president of ACB. You were elected in in twenty nineteen when we were in Rochester, which seems like a hundred years ago now. It and, does. Yeah. <laughs> and you've taken us through some pretty interesting happenings in in the years between 2019 and today. 
not the least of which is the pandemic and all the things it caused. So um, why don't you lead off by just telling us what has happened just when we thought everything was moving along and it's going to be just the way it was and not anything great and huge and changed on the horizon. And here we are. So tell us what's happened. Sure, I'd be happy to. Well, I guess uh, four weeks ago, I got a call from our then executive director, Eric Bridges, uh, who was letting me know that uh, he was going to tender his resignation. uh, And he very much appreciated and enjoyed his 15 years with ACB, but he had been offered and recruited to take on the role of president and CEO of the American Foundation for the Blind, which, as many of us know, is a very prestigious organization that's been in existence for a little over 100 years uh, and was formed way back by Helen Keller and team and uh, does a lot of excellent work in the areas of research and education. So I think this is a a wonderful opportunity for Eric. We really appreciate his time with ACB. As he says, he's not going away. He's a lifetime member, and I know uh, we'll we'll continue to have a really excellent working relationship with Eric and with uh, AFB. But that kind of like, holy cow, what does this mean now? And you know, we were looking at uh, an upcoming DC leadership conference that was going to get started in literally a, a week to 10 days after we received the announcement from Eric. And then after that, uh, an upcoming ACB conference and convention in Schomburg, just truly three and a half months away at that point in time. So, uh, you know, the board kind of got together and and discussed different options and really felt, I, I wasn't running for ACB president again. I had decided when I took the position that I, I really think four years is, a good amount of time to be ACB president. As a volunteer, you are truly working, you know, 50, 60 hours a week. And it's a labor of love, but it is, it is labor there. (laughs) (laughs) Even though you you love those babies when they're born, they're, they're, they're a lot of hard work, right? Uh, And so, um, and so you really, uh, you know, uh, I felt like it was time to give another uh, individual an opportunity to be ACB president. And uh, so it just happened that I was going to be available in a few months and uh, from, from my giving up my roles as ACB president. And I, we talked about what would be the least disruptive situation for our ACB staff. Uh, we've got some really excellent people, but honestly, they're all up, in their, up to their eyeballs doing important work for the organization. And it just... Uh, felt like maybe an opportunity to cause the least amount of disruption was for me on an interim basis to slide over and become the executive director. And it was discussed by the officers and the board. And that decision was made at our board meeting on uh, March 9th, March 9th, uh, during the DC Leadership Conference. So of course, Deb and I had conversations through that. Uh, You know, Deb, this means you're going to have to step (laughs) up to be president. Are you okay with that? I will say, Deb and I work very closely together. I, you know, there's not a day or two that go by that Deb and I aren't having a conversation. Both of us, I think, are are not only leaders inside of ACB, but just very active in doing day-to-day uh, volunteer work 
for the organization. And, and Deb, um, this year we uh, kind of started including her in our uh, ACB leadership a weekly meeting so she could, you know, start learning and hearing what was going on uh, inside the, the, the leadership decisions really directly uh, each week. And so I felt like it was a good transition and and I'll let Deb say a few words, and then we'll, we'll mm-hmm. continue to talk some more here. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I think Dan's point is very uh, good about the the fact that we've really been in transition all along. I think I mentioned on uh, Sound Prince when I came right after I was elected first vice president that in the course of um, considering whether or not I would run um, for that position, I went around to talk to some key people about whether they supported the idea, whether they saw me in that role, you know, whether that was insane, um, you know, what, what, what sort of the feedback was. And so when I approached Dan about that, he, he said that he had only, only one major thing to contribute to the discussion, which was that, well, if you do this, you have to be willing to run for president. Well, that's kind of like, duh, but yeah, you know, I mean, a lot of times I think we don't think about quite the consequences that this position is the position that is most likely to to lead itself directly to the presidency if all things stay equal. So, um, you know, naturally, that was a really good thing to think about. So we, because I basically had made that commitment and because even back At the beginning of his term, Dan was fairly clear that he wasn't going to run again for the reasons he's just talked about. Um, I felt like it was imperative that I spend my my quick study time of two years really – boning up on the presidency. So, um, as Dan said, we've, um, we've been in regular communication. Um, he's involved me in the decision-making process, uh, et cetera. And really, I think what this is, is, is that we both value the process of mentoring and we value the process of succession planning. And so we've modeled that and we, you know, expect others to you know, work through this as well. And because we think that this transition is much smoother having kind of done that. So in terms of my own reaction, you know, I kind of went into a faint, you know, when he called (laughs) and said, this is going to happen. But, you know, it wasn't as traumatic for me as the other time you did this to me, Dan, because right after Dan was elected, he had some medical uh, Uh, serious procedure that happened (laughs) that was very scary for all of us. Um, and especially, of course, Dan, but scary for the rest of us because, you know, you know, what if he didn't do well? And, and so he did well and it's all good. But, um, but, you know, I, I led us through the process that we went through, um, uh, of actually establishing whether or not all members would be able to vote. And that was a continuing item from our 2021 convention that had not been um, resolved yet. And so it, it was on the slate to be resolved uh, two days after Dan's major surgery. <laughs> and so he was able to be with us, but it wasn't really appropriate medically for him to actually have to lead that meeting. So um, there were definitely a few heart-stopping moments moments in it. I don't think you needed it. But I felt supported in that process by both Dan and the staff. And, you know, there is this fine print they have for the first vice president, which says, you know, in the event that the president can't do their presidential thing, you're going to. 
And it's just, you know, we're applying that fine print again. So a lot of people have asked me how I felt about, you know, how do you feel about this? And it's like, I don't have any feelings because it was going to probably happen. I mean, unless the membership had a radical turn of events on itself, it's probably going to happen anyway in July. So all it's doing is happening a few months sooner. And that does create some challenges for me with my convention responsibilities and role, and it does create a few other things. But no matter what day you do this, it's going to create some. It may as well be now as as then, I suppose. And I think it does serve the organization um, that we did what we did because it, it should be a relatively easy uh, transition for them, maybe a little traumatic at times to us. But I think for the organization overall, it's going to be pretty smooth in general. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And another thing the board um, decided to do, or as you will, not to do, was mm-hmm. to fill the second vice president position. Right. And that was, and some people, well, they didn't fill that position. No. Well, <laughs> no, because the as you've indicated the elections are coming up in three months mm-hmm. three and a half and they will they would have been happening at that time anyway for the officers mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that that in the in the normal rotation of things yes. this was the year to elect officers mm-hmm. so uh if if this was going to happen it really turned out to be a pretty pretty good timing because it truly lets the membership select mm-hmm. the person that's going to fill that that position which the constitution says can be left and you know the, that the board would select one well um is that the board is choosing because of the three months yeah. to just let the membership do that and that's yeah It wasn't going to serve any purpose. It wasn't going to help us in any way. I mean, you need to elect, you need to establish the first vice president, um, whether you do it really officially or whether you just said the second vice president, you know, will handle those duties. But you needed to establish that because, again, that little nasty clause that says the first vice president might need to step in. So you need to know who that would be to to reduce chaos. But beyond that, you don't need to to do that for this shorter period. Mm -hmm. Um, We would not... We would have either disrupted the board to get that person or found some other person and had to bring them in and figure out what they could do for three months. And then, you know, the other factor in that one is that um, Ray Campbell, who is the um, second vice president who was moved forward to first vice president, has pretty clearly stated that he would like to uh, continue to, to seek another term as second vice president. So um, that would set up, not that we couldn't have competition for the position, I'm fine that we would, but the issue is that it would set it up maybe unnecessarily. So um, I, I just, there was no reason for us to. Well, and I, and I think, you know, and, and by the way, I mean, officers and elections are, are yeah. member driven and they're very political. They are political. They're political <laughs> yes. positions, right? You're running for election. We, and, we and, love and, our and, politics. Yes, don't yes, we? yes, yes, yes. We do. And, you know, of course, I, I had uh, actually recused myself from the discussion in the executive session since my name was being considered. <laughs> right. But, um, but I think the board really made a very thoughtful decision there because, 
I, I think it would be perceived if you put somebody in that position that the board was kind of playing favorites to give somebody kind of mm-hmm. a leg up, which, I, you know, it was not the intention. And, and so I think yeah. with the elections being so close, it, it, it truly is the membership to make that decision. And I think this makes everybody on an equal footing uh, when we have the officers' election yeah. in, in yeah, July. Yeah, they do. Yeah. 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 And mm-hmm. so whatever yeah. happens will happen. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk a minute about why this the timing of this um depending on how you yeah, how you look <laughs> at it, the timing um is really good mm-hmm. when you come as far as the elections are concerned mm-hmm. because yeah. it does allow for as smooth a transition in that area as possible. But also, how does this change at this time affect the convention? A lot of people find mm-hmm. it, well, you know, they can, it's, it's not going to be that big a deal. Somebody else can just do this or that or the other. Mm-hmm. But yep. the convention is so different in 2023 yep. than it was, uh, Dan, when you came on the board in 2012. Oh, uh, my, my <laughs> goodness. It, it's like night and day. Uh, and, yes, and I know. Advent of, uh, you know, the, the whole hybrid nature of it and the, yes. and the role that ACB media plays and mm-hmm. the whole, the, the technology involved in it, uh, as well as it's, you know, it's, it truly is. It's a different beast now. And I think Deb and I, Deb could speak to this too, but we're, we're not so hung up. What, what we care about the most is ACB <laughs> and ACB continuing to function and operate well. And we've, we've had several, Deb and I've had several conversations about this as well as, mm-hmm. as with board members and, and Janet Dickelman, the chair of the convention committee and, and everyone is that, we're going to have to kind of share responsibilities here through these next three or four months. Believe it or not, the convention is already in full swing. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, planning is way down the path. The, the, the general session program is, is 75% in place. Speakers have been identified. I mean, you, you know, and we kind of all have roles and, the best we can, we're going to keep playing those rules through the convention because what we don't want to do is drop the ball when it comes to providing the best convention we can provide for our members. Right. 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 Totally. Yeah. And, and thank goodness, I mean, Janet's got a great convention committee and she's got them humming along doing mm-hmm. their thing. Mm-hmm. They've been, mm-hmm. they, they're veterans. If there's any veterans in this, sure. they, they are the veterans. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you've got Michael Smitherman that's been doing exhibits since 2000. Mm-hmm. Uh, his his first exhibit hall uh, was here in in Louisville in 2000, and mm-hmm. and you have other people that have been involved at various levels, whether they're in the exact same position today mm-hmm. that they were in a few years back. But um, mm-hmm. she's got a veteran crew. That mm-hmm. still doesn't mean that there wasn't a major amount of work and responsibility going on in both ACB offices for various mm-hmm. duties mm-hmm. Right. and right. among a lot of the committees and so on. So mm-hmm. um, this is a position, is an area that absolutely needed to have leadership that you didn't mm-hmm. want a new person in there at this point. Mm-hmm. That would have been that would have been pretty yeah. traumatic. Yeah. I, especially yeah. for me, you know, um, 
I have had for the past uh, three years a role that is not necessarily related to being a president, vice president, or even on the board. So, um, and that is managing all of the logistics for the connectivity pieces of, oh my gosh. of the Absolutely. conference, right? Huge yes. item. And, um, and, um, pretty, pretty engulfing. And when you mentioned, for example, Michael and the exhibits, well, we've now had virtual exhibits and I've had to do something with that and different, different pieces. So I'm threaded, uh, throughout the convention, not so much in the general sessions. Um, so, but, but in all, uh, somewhat there too, but in all the rest of it, um, I, I, um, I have a pretty, pivotal role. And we are working to transition that role because, again, we knew that for next year we needed to do that, but it looks like we're going to try to do some of that this year. So this morning, for example, I had a major meeting with people who relate to our convention database because there are some things that if I'm not going to do it, I'd like to have fixed. So we, um, they're broken and I'm used to how broken they are. It's like, I don't even know if I'd like it fixed, but, mm-hmm. but I, but we have to. So we met this morning to iron those out and get those rolling and we've got a due date for that and we'll testing process. And that will be me because, um, nobody else has done this yet. And so why should I have you test something you've never seen? So, um, so we have to do some of those things and then we have to transition them at the same time. And at the same time, I have to take on, you know, as much actual presidential things as I can, because Dan's plate is full with staff things. And so we, you know, but we are going to definitely, as Dan said, we are going to definitely be juggling a little. So sometimes what you see might be things that are odd. And I just, you know, or at least not so much odd, but different than you would expect. And so um, I, I'm hoping people will be real flexible about that and not think that we don't get it or think that we have made any permanent changes, although, you know, we might make some, but uh, but we haven't. And so it's not such a big thing. But if if we find that staff in the form of Dan does something that maybe staff doesn't usually do, um, if it wouldn't be a conflict of interest to do it, then um, it might happen. So I think that's going to be especially true for these three months, um, and and it could be some true for a bit after. Um, but you know, we hope to sort of get some of that sorted down so that by the time we are actually able to hire a new um, executive director, which does there's a process there and it takes a little time. So by the time we actually go to do that, I hope that we do, in fact, have the roles pretty well identified and also perhaps changed. Because I think anytime you have major changes in the personnel and major changes in the work, because the work is not the same as it used to be, um, ACB has a much uh, more significant corporate footprint now than it used to have and, and other things that are different from, you know, the organization of history. So as we define these things and um, negotiate them with ourselves and with the uh, new person or persons coming on board to take different roles, um, those will all be things that, that we'll be working through as we go. And I know that ACB has, of course, the strategic plan and um, some of the, uh, just just thinking about the staff, you know, Eric had a pretty ambitious plan for expanding the staff. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and some of it has, has been done. 
Um, uh, you know, just quite honestly, I mean, um, sometimes I guess uh, just sitting out here looking at it, we could say, well, how come we need that many people? You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> we could use <laughs> more people if we could. <laughs> if we could afford them. <laughs> yeah, that's, but that's the whole thing. Right. Is, yeah. is, okay. So how can this proceed? And yet, mm-hmm. of course, we still have to look at how can we afford to do this stuff? Mm-hmm. Um, some of us have been through some of those crises firsthand. Mm-hmm. The board sometimes has to make decisions that might not be always so pleasant. Mm-hmm. But at any rate, um, there's a lot that that you know the the plan doesn't need to go be thrown in the trash. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, and and so oh good now we have a chance to change the plan. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're constantly if you're constantly just looking in a different direction mm-hmm. from what you've been operating with, um, there's no consistency. Right. And and so I think that this is really, I, I, I will tell you, I had picked the wrong person <laughs> that was going to become that, that the board would have named when, when you all went into executive session on the night. Of course, I was glued to my, to my, um, echo. You better right. believe. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> Carla, are you saying at the Derby, I would have been, a, I wouldn't have been the favorite? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not at her Derby. Dan, I knew, I, I, I had heard that you weren't going to. Yeah, going to run again. That you weren't going to run again. Yeah. And and so I didn't really consider, I mean, I like to think of it in terms that you all outsmarted a lot of us. Yeah. Because because I didn't give that a thought Uh because I just thought that you were really ready for a break. Yeah, really ready to stop. Yeah. Yeah. And you were extremely clear that you expected this to be interim. Yeah. 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 And yeah. I could not see a person who had grown up in Florida move into the Virginia area in <laughs> the <laughs> weather. So, nope. so you know, it, yeah, it no, really it makes made sense. a lot of sense. Yeah, and I do think in the long term, we, we need our our permanent executive director to to live in the in the D.C. area totally. and have that yeah. presence. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, you know, and, and this may not be. Three months. I mean, it, it honestly, it may take us a year or so because I yeah, think we've got to go. It, yeah. We've got to go through a cycle, and I think mm-hmm. um, you, you know there's an opportunity here uh, for us to evaluate and to, you know, kind of the nice thing about being an interim executive director, you can kind of go in and, and listen, and you know, maybe help get through a couple of rough spots and, and leave the new permanent executive director <laughs> in a place where they're not coming in and, and you know, maybe having to, to, not that there's a lot of problems, I don't mean it that way, but you know how it always is. There's always things, is something. It, 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 conversations that I've had with Eric, boy, I wish I could have gotten to this and, and I haven't gotten there yet. And so I think there's some opportunities there to, to really uh, help us as an organization. And then Leave, uh, you know, leave things, and hopefully, is at least as good a shape as Eric left them here. Mm-hmm. But, but hopefully, maybe even improving a little bit. Like we've got to move to a new office that's coming, you know, yeah. real quick here. Just oh, by the way, you know, um, things before like before the convention. Before the convention, yes. So we, I mean, we have to be out of our current office by uh, the end of uh, April. 
And, and, and so that's, you know, there's a challenge right there to keep that going while again, we're, we're, we're going to kick off the, the intense convention planning meetings for the logistics, you know, here, Deb, right? What the 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 fifth of, of April? Uh, yeah, fifth of April. So mm-hmm. that's that's like week after next, you know. So yeah, so we're we're off and running here, um, and we've got a you know I think there's an opportunity here to take people through an entire budget cycle and understand what's involved in that, and I do think um, I w- you br- you mentioned the strategic plan, and what really brought a smile to my face was the review of the strategic plan for the first quarter at the board meeting, where we really kind of ticked through, um, you know, what we had on our plate to get done in the first quarter and how we're progressing against it. And, and you know, you're living the, you're living day to day trying to survive sometimes. And it, it kind of, it made me feel good to see, boy, we we're hitting we our, this. Yeah. We're hitting our objectives. We're, we're doing pretty good. So we're getting a little better at having truly an accountability culture where we kind of, if we say we're going to do something, we try to follow through and do it. And obviously life gets in the way and and you don't always get it right. But, you know, at least where you can, you try to do the right thing. And, um, Mm -hmm. and so I think that's good. We, uh, you mentioned employees, Carla, and we've got to uh, replace, um, you know, Colby as uh, the community event assistant and those interviews are going on right now. And then thanks to the graces of Lane Waters, who through <laughs> all of us has agreed to, you know, hang in there as a contractor for a few more months and we'll have to replace him. And then I think we're kind of done with, with, uh, you know, with, with backfilling uh, our positions. And I, I think we'll pre- be pretty stable uh, for mm-hmm. the remainder of the year. Hopefully keep my fingers crossed that nobody, <laughs> we, I don't get any more phone calls from anyone. <laughs> Yeah, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Deb, um, looking ahead, this three months, um, you know, you're you're kind of getting to try out the presidency mm-hmm. test run. <laughs> and <laughs> what if I don't like it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. So, so July comes, and let's you know, in the let's let's say that you know you run mm-hmm. and you win mm-hmm. and. Um, and, and so this happens. So Dan is there as the interim executive director. And mm-hmm. I mean, I think it would be absolutely, um, unrealistic to expect there to be an executive director at least before uh, a permanent executive director, at least before the fall. And maybe mm-hmm. like Dan said, maybe Dan up to yeah. a year because I think it will be a year. Yeah. I just went through this with another organ, with another, with a state agency here helping them and it took us a year. Um, yeah. 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 So, okay. So, so, but then here you are the president Mm -hmm. and that's going to be two years or four or six. And six. um, Oh God. (laughs) I'm too old. (laughs) (laughs) But okay. So how do you, just in looking ahead, mm-hmm. how do you see um, the organization as in, in in through where would where would we like for it to be? And it, it doesn't have to be well. Here's sure. thing one and thing two. Oh, no, you I know. understand. Yeah. You know. Well, yeah. some some themes that I think will kind of follow me around. Um, 
you know, certainly, certainly the issue of succession planning, which I mentioned already, is really important to me. And so, um, you know, looking at that both within the issue of developing staff and uh, creating opportunities for them, which is sort of Dan's role, but of interest to me. Um, and then also, though, in our committees, um, looking to ensure that, you know, as you just mentioned, Janet's committee, for example, has people who've been there for many, many, many years and doing a wonderful job. But, you know, people get tired or people get um, age out of things and different things happen to us, any of us. Um, that's why I said not six years. And so um, so basically um, getting all of our committees, uh, some have already done this, but getting all of our committees to really think about um, how do we carry on our work when our when our faithful stewards um, you know show signs of needing out or ask us to be out or develop health things or family things or whatever goes on for them so I think that that succession routine is really really important and something that I'm going to be singing the song of pretty loudly um, I think um, the other thing that uh, the, the, one of the primary um, responsibilities of the board certainly is the fiduciary responsibility of the organization. So being really accountable, thinking about the budget. Um, there have been a couple of decisions that, that have been made around this budget that I know members, some members, many members are sensitive about. And so helping, helping everyone understand that um, fiduciary responsibility and budget accountability and trying not to live in the hole, but recognizing that for some certain things that you need to operate and to be effective, it may push you there. But uh, choosing uh, how you do that and, and doing that responsibly um, is really, really important for the organization. So um, trying to work with that. Um, I want to develop, I, I, I think that there's got to be um, um, more resources and more focus on helping helping our um, affiliates and providing resources for our affiliates, both state and special interest, um, in terms of um, what they need to help them uh, with with their processes. Uh, many of the kinds of things that happen are, are really because people just don't know how to cope with certain life situations that that occur. Um, inside an affiliate. And so if we can provide more support and help around that, I want to strengthen the uh, board liaison relationships that we have so that our board members are um, actively engaged in, in helping um, affiliates, but that we give them resources to do that with. So I think those are critical things. So, um, and then just kind of, you know, moving the course along, um, we have such a a relationship in the community. We provide um, a, a lot. We have um, additional uh, corporate relationships that are being developed. And while as president, I don't necessarily interact with those directly or whatever, just being aware of and helping our members to understand that we we have some obligation and accountability around around those relationships that they don't just happen. And so um, being able to support the processes that make those things work well for us. Okay. And I think we're, we're at a fortunate time, and Carla, you mentioned this earlier, the ups mm -hmm. and downs of ACB financially. And, you know, I... We I, seem to be real good at that. It's like a seesaw. Yeah, yeah it yeah. is a seesaw. But, you know, what... What you know, we we had some some good times here four or five mm -hmm. years ago, right? And so, 
I, I've been very proud of the board that we've kind of yeah. been judicious. And so mm-hmm. even with a downturn of what, 15% in the market, we're sitting there with like 4.6 million in our investment accounts, you know, between the, the endowment fund for the scholarships, uh, between the legacy endowment fund that I think has like 1.6, 1.7 million and in the board reserve, which has, I think, 1.4, 1.5 in it. And so we've, you know, we're, we're trying to really be good stewards of ACB's money. And I, I think you had a lot to do with that when you were on the board. But, you know, we've, we've stabilized the thrift stores by bringing mm-hmm. in Chris Sawyer. Boy, you know, yeah. you remember back in the day with with Jim Olson. I, it makes a big difference to have a to have a manager of the thrift stores that that is their job to keep an eye on those mm-hmm. day in and day out. And this year, I know we got some PPP money and uh, employee retention credit money, but the thrift stores brought in almost five hundred thousand dollars last year. But I not know that's not reoccurring. But they're at the point now where they're where we can plan on $300,000 a year from the thrift stores. And so we're, we're trying to kind of be judicious on how we go through this, but I think we, we continue to learn that sometimes bringing on new people is an investment that helps us grow. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's, but there's a balancing act there, yeah. right? Yeah, it truly is. Yeah. And it's hard yeah. for members to understand, understandably hard for people to understand how how it is that you are willing to go in the hole for one thing, but not willing to go in the hole for something else, you know, and it's like, well, Dan's example of Chris is a really good advantage. I mean, uh, Chris, example, Chris um, makes us more money than he, than he costs, so therefore he becomes really worthwhile. But how do you know, you know, and sometimes you don't, um, whether these things will, will pan out in that way, but I believe our our investment in staff has been tremendously important. Um, it's one thing to say that we're a, a volunteer organization and member-driven, but you know, one of the problems is the amount of work we've now taken on really requires um, full-time people. And one of my personal goals is that you know, when Dan and I are finished and long gone from this, I don't want the presidency to be as hard as it is right now. I don't want it to be 60 hours a week. I, I, I want us to have a better way to manage what we expect of people. And to do that, we actually have to probably have more staff at some point. So, um, you know, it, it, volunteers, if we want our leaders to be, to be younger than us, you know, you can have your retired executives come in as long as you can find some. But, um, you know, at some point, if we would like our leadership to be younger, truly be our leadership, we're going to have to make this a little more manageable for them. So, yeah. uh, you know, I'm really thinking a lot about that, and I'm very open to suggestions and thoughts, but it's something we've got to do as an organization. Yeah. And Carla and Deb, I know you guys are the same way. You're involved so much in your mm-hmm. your your affiliates, your chapters. Mm-hmm. But I was thinking, as an executive director, I, I'm well. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't say I'm a little bit unique in that my first day, I you know here I was you know eight hours on meetings and all that. Mm-hmm. But but mm-hmm. at five o'clock, I had to say goodbye because I had to go mm-hmm. uh, get a you know get down to my Greater Orlando Council of the Blind Spirit Night where we yes. were raising money for our, our local chapter, right? Mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. and then and then 
last night I was on a call from 7 to 8.30 with the Florida Council, the blind planning the FCB convention, convention? that's coming up. Right, right, and, right. And so where yeah. I so think... So the other roles did not yeah, go away. Yeah, those other roles, the other they roles, don't go away. They don't yeah. go away, right, because yeah. there's people counting on you for, yeah. for those yeah. roles. And, yeah. and I, I think that's... That's not a bad perspective to bring to the staff, uh, right. you know, to really, at this point in time, have an executive director that's really very tied back into the, the mm-hmm. all levels of, of the organization. Of, of the organization. Yeah. So that yeah. brings up, yeah, that brings up another question, Dan. Mm-hmm. Years ago, yep. um, well, uh, maybe not so much, but, but years ago, the uh, – People who were executive directors, and we haven't had all that many of them, not as many as presidents. Uh, but we, we had they, started with a national representative, right? With, yeah. With DKM, yes. yeah, yeah. Yes. And, and, and Durward wasn't just being what today would be called an executive director, but he was out there forming all of the mm-hmm. affiliates. Mm-hmm. A lot yes. of them. Oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. You know, we're there yeah. because of Durward. Kentucky's in because of Durward. Mm-hmm. Lots right. of groups were there because of him, yeah. directly because of him. And mm-hmm. uh, and so the, today you don't have them out doing um, that kind of on-the-ground kinds of things. But um, do the staff, are the staff encouraged or supported um, if they want to be active in those local affiliates or those state affiliates? Mm-hmm. I mean, is that seen as a good thing or is that seen as, well, they're staff and so, you know, they're not doing these local things? Well, I, I see it as a very positive thing. It'd be good to get your thoughts on it, Carla, because, you know, you'll get, the, oh, well, they're a staff, you know, they're, 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 can they be a member volunteer and a staff? I, I think the answer is Some yes. Some of them are now. They are Some now. Yes. Yes. I mean, you yes. know, if you look at Cindy Hollis, she's Cindy very involved Rick. in Washington. Rick is very in, involved in, in Bay State. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I, I mm-hmm. think of it as a very positive thing because mm-hmm. it, I think it gives you a very necessary perspective. As a staff mm-hmm. person, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. I, I yeah. believe. On the other hand, you you've got to make sure you're wearing a different hat. Yeah, you know, yeah. I'm not yeah. sitting yeah. in the convention planning meeting for Florida Council of Blind and talking about what ACP's got. That's not my role in that right. meeting. My right. my right. role is to make sure that our fundraising yeah. goes good and we have yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have good yeah. sponsors and we have a good auction yeah. and we have good yeah. table mm-hmm. at MMS to bring people in. You know, so right. I, that's right. the hat I'm wearing. Right. Exactly. But, yeah, right. but in depth, mm-hmm. I know you've, you've yeah. been yeah, treasurer I, for a long time. And, yes. Yeah, oh, yeah. yes. I've done lots in Washington State yeah. and still do. In fact, my husband came in the other night. He goes, under other duties as assigned, Madam President. And I said, <laughs> yes. And he goes, I've just added you to a behind-the-scenes convention list for Washington. I said, oh, thanks. <laughs> but, so, but I, you know, I, but yes, yeah, thanks. I think I it's mean, important. I do absolutely. think it's important to yeah. have that perspective. Yeah. 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 Well, we yeah. are pretty close to being out of time. Mm-hmm. This has been fantastic. I really appreciate you all taking the time today to 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 talk to us and share with us on Soundprints uh, your your views and just some of the things that are going to be uh, coming about in the coming months. 
Um, we None of us know the specifics that are going to be happening, but we know that things are going to be continuing uh, to 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 move along. There, we're not going to be upsetting the entire apple cart and changing everything. It's it's their change is good. Being flexible is good, but there can come a point to where it can be damaging to the organization, and mm-hmm. I, and and that's just not going to happen. And so um, I I just really appreciate you taking all this time, and uh, I certainly um, look forward to, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of us out here do. We we're any any way we can help, anything we can do. You know, you all need to 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 let us know. Um, a lot of us have no problem in telling you what we think ought to be happening. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. Yes, but, thank you for your yeah. input. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yes. And, and but, Carla, but just, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. I just wanted to say, I thank you, Kentucky Council of the Blind. I mean, I, I know you guys will be in force in Schaumburg. It's yeah. not that far away. Get that. Get those vans. Trains We're or whatever done. rolling rolling down the tracks there to Schomburg and mm-hmm. thanks for the e-racers and supporting of the Brenda Dillon uh, Memorial Walk, the auctions, mm-hmm. all the folks that mm-hmm. give to the monthly monetary support program. Mm-hmm. You know, I, uh, you know, you had all kinds of people who registered for the uh, virtual DC leadership conference. So thank you, Kentucky and a special shout out to Patty. We had 10 minutes in the, Capital and what they called the crypt underneath the Capitol <laughs> oh, yeah. with our hands all over oh, that model map. of the National Mall. And I, I would have loved to have had another hour there. Oh, you that know. was so fun. That was yeah. cool. Yeah, it was so. fun. It was fun. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate it. And, and um, uh, Kentucky is planning to come. The, the board has voted to once again um, pay up to seven room nights, double occupancy in the hotel for any of our members that want to go to Schomburg. And, um, and we're hoping that we'll have, have, have a lot of them in St. Louis. We had like 40 people show up. Don't know that we'll have 40 people, but uh, I'm hoping that we will have, you know, 25 or 30 that go mm-hmm. to Schomburg. I think that'd, that'd be would great. be good in today's world. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, you know, we're all always talking about membership and how we're having problems with membership sometimes. But I will tell you that Kentucky is getting ready next week to certify increased membership for the second year in a row. And uh, we had 12 votes for quite some time. Last year, we made it to 13. And this year, we're just about seven or eight short of 14. Oh, very so good. Very it is good. growing. And some of these people... You know, it's not like these are just some of them are people that we did not know or had no idea that mm-hmm. they were interested mm-hmm. in joining. So, yep. you know, yeah. um, but if you can, uh, I, membership is such an important thing. And mm-hmm. I think all of those things are going to be positive, mm-hmm. you know, as we move forward in the next few months. Agreed. So. Agreed. Yeah. Well, thank, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate right. it very much. Thank all right. You. All right. OACB. If you have questions about the Kentucky Council of the Blind or you need information on resources for people with vision loss, call us at 502-895-4598 or email us at kcb at kentucky-acb.org. 
Sound Prince is a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind and is heard each week on ACB Radio Mainstream at acbradio.org, Central Kentucky Radio I at radioi.org, and the KCB website at www.kentucky-acb.org. Complete schedule information is also available on the website. Sound Prince is underwritten by the Louisville Downtown Lions Club and by the American Printing House for the Blind. This is Carla Rushable for Sound Prince. Have a great week, everybody.